0: In preparation for our sermon today, I'm going to ask John Kraft, who is our pastor of the students, our student pastor, to come and read Ezekiel chapter 47, verses 1 through 12. John and the young people here at the fellowship have done amazing things this year in 2020. Many of you remember here or watching online, saw a stage filled with more than 60 big bags full of clothes being donated for the homeless. And that's only one thing that happened this year that was powerful in the ministry that John and his wife, Lily, brought to the youth this year. Ezekiel chapter 47, verses 1 through 12, easy to find in your Bible. Start turning in, in Psalms, go right, 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 Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel. You'll find it there. Online, it's very quick, to, easy to find. But if you don't have a Bible and you're here today, we would love for you to walk out of here with a Bible from here. So please, if you don't have a Bible, please take a Bible from our bookcase. It's our gift to you, it's one of the best investments we can make in you. All right, John. Ezekiel 47. In my vision, the
1: man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for 1,750 feet, and then led me across. The water was up to my ankles. He measured off another 1,750 feet and led me across again. This time the water was up to my knees. After another 1,750 feet, it was up to my waist. Then he measured another 1,750 feet. And the, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. He asked me, have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back. Along the riverbank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of how many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, This river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. "'Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Dead Sea, "'all the way from Engedi to In Agalam. "'The shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. "'Fish of every kind will will fill the Dead Sea, "'just as they fill the Mediterranean. "'But the marshes and swamps will not be purified. "'They will still be salty. "'Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. "'The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and, and fall, "'and there will always be fruit on their branches.' There will be a new crop every month, for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be good, or will be for food and leaves for healing.
0: Thank you, John. That's an amazing river. What a river. So, I I want a little bit of participation so that I'm hearing from you, Uh, I've You know, I'm legally blind, and I know many of you are sitting way back, so I'm going to need to hear it rather than see it. So we'll practice it. So if you have seen a river, I want you to say amen. Ready? One, two, three. That's good. All right. Now, everybody has seen a river, apparently. Next one, I don't know if it's everybody, but if you have. If you've walked down to the edge of a river... Nice and loud. Say amen. Amen. All right. That's most people, not everybody. But wow, that's good. Now, the next one. If you've actually stepped into a river, now say it. Amen. Amen. Smaller number still. Okay. And now, how many of you have actually gone swimming in a river? Amen. Oh, smaller number still. Well, I... I've got to tell you, my experience swimming in a river is, is a little bit unusual, a little strange. I grew up near a big river out in western New York and the Genesee River, and I, I know about that stuff. But I was actually learning trying to swimming in a pool, and it's, it's probably got 18 inches of, of snow right now and getting more out there. So, and that stuff lasts until, you know, almost June. Um, but here... Suddenly, moving to Massachusetts with my family, my father and I and other dads and their Boy Scout sons did a canoe trip on the famous Taunton River. So we're there. I have been trained in canoeing from being on a lake. I'm trained to know that it's deep, I'm trained to know how to handle it, how to handle the canoe, how to handle everything on the lake, how to deal with the wind and those things. But this is going to be my first canoe trip in a river, especially one that has some turns and twists with the water going very fast. So we got to one of these big turns and twists, and I'm up front, my father's behind, as we're twisting, and I'm seeing a rock and stuff coming. Uh, Suddenly, my body weight went wrong way, and I'm in the water! So I immediately went into my Boy Scout training. I'm swimming and getting my paddle tossing it back into the canoe. I'm swimming over here, getting something else that fell out of the canoe, putting it back here. My father must have been so, so impressed that his son kept the training and knew what he was to do, but he's just standing waist-deep in the water. If David would only stand up, you know, it might be easier, but he's just enjoying his son doing what he was taught to do. Until... The last thing I was told to do if I tip out of a canoe and I find myself in the water, you're in a lake, it's deep, you swim to the canoe, you put your body across the canoe, and you just kind of lay on it to catch your breath so you don't drown. And then eventually you climb in and you start, you know, pushing all the water out of the canoe. That's really good in a lake. But in a river which wasn't really that deep at that point, when my little weight goes onto that canoe, you know what happens. The water starts getting into the canoe, and everything that was dry is now wet. I don't think he was so proud at that moment. (laughs) Rivers are interesting things. Uh, Marilyn and I have encountered lots of rivers and streams and little brooks, you know, in our hikes this year. Uh, And they're fascinating Uh, And you can see them, and you can see how they get stronger all the time. And you've been to rivers, you know what it's like. The the rivers, even the big Genesee River started in in a a little spring, and then other springs, and other things, and all these things. There's an aquifer, and there's all these things flooding into it, coming down different times during the year. And it got bigger and bigger and bigger, and it flows all the way from way down in the southwestern section of New York all the way up to Rochester out to Lake Ontario. It's incredible. But something else we know about rivers too. And maybe you know it too and if you turn on the television, you'll see it. Rivers are not only powerful and can make you move even when you're ankle deep, you can feel it. When you're knee deep, you can kind of feel it. When you're getting ready to walk in knee deep water, you're feeling The current moving your leg. And when you're waist deep, you know every step you take, the water's moving you someplace. And when you get over your head, all you can do is swim. But it gets worse. Natural disaster deaths, earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes, they do kill. High death rates, but not compared to flooding. Even when there's deaths associated with hurricane, it's from the flooding, not from the winds coming down. It's the flooding. We know that. If you've been at a river's edge, you look at the edge, and you can see if you've been there a year or two later, and you see that the river has carved out part of the bank and pushed up something on the other side. And if you've been at a good-sized river, you may well see some things that have fallen into that river, and now there's pieces of logs that are sticking there that weren't there before. And you can know, looking at it over time, that there's a lot of power in that water. And sometimes the damage can be devastating. Where I grew up, the Genesee River flooded so badly. In the summer of 1972 that it undermined the entire west wing of the hospital where two of my brothers were born. And it all collapsed. They had to move the high school. They had to redesign the whole hospital. All this stuff because of the destructive power of that river. In 2020, I think you and I want to have 2020, yeah, in hindsight, I think, right? We want to put it behind us. The currents and the power of 2020 has been incredible in our lives, and it's been very powerful, and it swept us along. When we didn't even want to be swept along, it was sweeping us along. But let's walk through Ezekiel's River. We'll come back to 2020 later. So imagine you go to one of our faucets outside, connect a garden hose, bring it to the top parking lot here, our entrance up here, and you just turn on the water. It starts trickling down the stream. Now, what what, uh, John read to you was actually a third of a mile, a third of a mile, a third of a mile, and a third of a mile. So, in just one third of a mile, that garden hose gets from just being this little stream at the top of the hill that's just kind of making the pavement wet, within a third of a mile, it's a stream big enough that you're walking and you're splashing and you're ankle deep. Another third of a mile further down the road, right down there in 106, and you find yourself, you're knee deep, and you're being drawn along with that bit. Then another third of the road, and you're getting quite a ways down here, down 106, you're waist deep. And it's hard for you to try to fight against those currents because so much of your body weight is down here. And how are you fighting against it? By the time you get to Burger King, it's over your head and broad. From a garden hose? Think about the source of this river that Ezekiel's talking about it starts in the temple, the altar, the presence of God and it trickles out in that dry desert land in Jerusalem. That little trickle in the dry desert land was going to evaporate or be soaked up into the, the dry sand there and dirt. But it's growing. It starts in the source with God, and it starts growing more and more. So powerful and just a mile and a third. It's a raging river that's even very difficult for you to swim across. If you swim across, you're going to be swimming and moving downstream because of the power of the current. That's where we see the source. That's how we see how rapidly it grows. But consider the impact. Ezekiel's river has an impact like no river on this world has ever had. This river, where it floats, is fresh water. It's going th- down through the desert with lots of chemicals there. It goes down to the Jordan River. It gets to the Dead Sea. And that fresh water does something that scientists can't do. You cannot take just a cup of salt water and add a swimming pool and get rid of the salt. It's still there. It's still going to be found. You could still find it there. It doesn't wipe out the salt water. But this river, in some translation, it describes it heals that river. It heals the river so much that it abounds with fish of all size, varieties, much like all of the different kind of fish that were there in the Mediterranean Sea and that Great Sea. And when it reaches the Dead Sea, the lowest spot on this planet, a place that could be described today as like a chemical dump because of all the heavy metal, all the kinds of chemicals that are now there. And it's getting more dead every day, not less dead today. But when that water gets to the Dead Sea, it teems with life. It teems with life so much, so much fish, that all around the Dead Sea are fishermen who have their nets spread out and knowing that they're going to get an amazing catch. An incredible catch is going to come. An incredible catch is going to come. And the Dead Sea's been changed. As we walk down that river, we can see what's changed. We can feel it. We see Ezekiel getting to that point and looking at the riverbank and knowing what's happening, and he looks around and he sees trees, and these trees have fruit on them. And he comes to understand, on each riverbank, the fruit trees are not only producing wonderful fruit, but they produce fruit every single month. It's not just seasonal, it's time for the apples, it's time for strawberries. No, it's time for fruit to be available all the time, and the leaves of those trees, wow, those leaves are amazing. Those leaves can be used for medicine, for healing. This is a very, very different kind of river. We need to try to understand some more about what that river is all about and what it means in our lives but first, let's get back to, as I said, 2020. And this year, we have been swept away by powerful currents, political currents, raging economic currents, overwhelming social and cultural currents. It's caught us all up. We ha- live in a world full of technology and it's, you can't avoid it. You can't, you just get caught up all the time. In this political season, I decided I was going to stop reading and watching CNN and Fox both sides, and stop it, because I, I don't want that. So on election night, why was I awake all night? It's because of the currents in this country in 2020, we're so small that even if you try to avoid such distractions, they're still there. It's that powerful. It's that powerful. In December, Zach created an amazing sermon series. A weary world rejoices. We are all weary from the currents. We are all weary from the currents of this world. We're all weary from being swept away in places we don't want to be, and we find ourselves, we can't even swim against it if we wanted to. And we're just lost. Our lives are being overrun. Oh, and just a quick update. Zach is doing much better. And his family is flying back soon. Pray for his family to get here safe and sound, that there's good connections all the way. Uh, Zach will not be all alone this week. But let's get back to this concept of what's going on with the rivers. There are two powerful rivers in our world. One we get caught up in because it's the world's currents, and all humanity has been doing this from the beginning of time. From the book of Genesis right to the book of of Revelation, the current of the world is sweeping humanity along. In the midst of that, Jesus is breaking through. Jesus is making something absolutely incredible take place, amazing taking place. It is stunning what's going on in this planet. Do you think God has been overwhelmed by 2020? Do you think he was overwhelmed by this pandemic? Do you think he was overwhelmed by all the political stuff that's going back and forth and still today? Of course not. He is on the throne. He is sovereign. He is still in charge. And his plans for this world are still going forward in amazing ways, in powerful ways, in incredible ways. Let me start with just some specific examples of of people on the other side of this world that we just learned about this week, some wonderful things. Most of you know... Uh, BB's daughter, Bethany. Bethany, and Nikki, and, and Caleb you know, are on the other side of the planet. And Caleb, not even three yet, is staring at this nativity. He's looking at it, pondering it. Obviously, there's something very deep in his head and his heart that he wants to explain to Mom. He has a question. She can see it on his face. Mom, Why doesn't Jesus have any stuffed animals? That's a good question for a three-year-old, isn't it? Two or three-year-old? Why doesn't he have any stuffed animals? Bethany takes that moment to talk about the poverty that Jesus was in. His parents, the hard journey, showing up in Bethlehem, no place for them to even sleep except with the animals. A baby not born in a hospital. There's no hotels. None of those things exist. Caleb just briefly thinks for a minute. He picks up his two stuffed animals, Fluff and Chippy. And he turns to Bethany and say, Jesus can have my stuffed animals. Let Jesus have the stuffed animals. And if Jesus comes here, he will sleep on my bed and I will sleep on the floor. Do you hear the faith of that little child? Overwhelmed by who Jesus is and the gift that he wants to bring us all that he has. His two stuffed animals and a bed for Jesus to sleep in. He's definitely going in the right place. In that house, the currents are moving and God's river, God's gospel river, powerfully. Bethany works with people who've graduated from orphanages. They're people who've been abandoned by their parents and other reasons why they're not able to stay at their home. They gathered some together virtually and had some contacts About the whole Christmas season. And in fact, these orphans who understand poverty very deeply were now asking the same kind of questions and thinking about Jesus and what he went through. And one of them talked about the idea that, you know, Jesus went through such poverty and rejection by his own family. It's like me. I need to be following Jesus more. He knows my life. He knows my struggles. Jesus has to be the way that I walk through this life because that's how he walked through this life. I need to know more about Jesus. That's powerful stuff. Just this week, Bob and Irene, who serve in our adopted homeland of Narnia, and they wrote an amazing Christmas letter. One of them caught my attention. It talks about how their son this summer wanted, now that he's finishing school, moving on to the next phases in his life, what's going to come next, he wanted to spend a good part of his summer fishing. And when he went, he found a place where he didn't have to go too far. But in a very short period of time, he could catch a lot of fish. And I'm sure it made Bob and Irene think about, wow, here we are in this giant city, and you're using us to also catch fish. In their city, there are people from so many different ethnic backgrounds, so many different languages, so many different nations represented. And across that group of refugees and others who've come to this teeming city, Bob and Irene have been having conversation after conversation after conversation, Bible study after Bible study with people. And these people who were far from following Jesus are now saying, I think we need to know more about Jesus. And they're open to hear about the gospel. These are things we have longed to hear about what's going on in Narnia, about people from so many different places saying, yes, yes, I need to know more about Jesus. In the midst of my world, and my life, I need Jesus. That's pretty powerful. It's happening everywhere on the other side of this planet in incredible ways, in powerful ways. Well, excuse me for, for reading this and... Uh, but I want, to, I want you to catch something about the other side of the planet. And my hand is trembling, not just because I'm an old man, but because of what these things are. I was looking for what's Christianity happening in the world? What's going on in 2020? Is anything actually happening Christianity on this planet in 2020? I was blown away. Maybe you will be too. Uh, You can find this online in looking up the status of the unfinished task 2020. The status of the unfinished task 2020. It's a group of people we're focusing on. How can we reach people who have never heard the gospel once? Not even once. Once of countries, of people groups, of places where they have no idea who Jesus is. They've never even heard the name. And they've been keeping track of stuff over time. And the numbers here are staggering to me. From 2010 to 2020, incredible things have happened on this planet which you probably haven't heard of. In 2010, there were 386 people groups who had not yet had any part of the gospel there who suddenly had it. That's a good number. Ten years later, ten years later, 2020, it went from 386 to 3,057. 3,057 people groups who did not have anyone there who could tell them about Jesus now in 2020 have somebody there who can let them know about Jesus. Maybe this will grab your hearts more. It certainly tugged at mine. Mine. Full time workers. In 2010, there were 1,382 full time workers who were reaching out to those unengaged people, the ones we talked about just above. In 2020, it went from 1,382 to 29,500. Do you see the exponential growth? Does it remind you some about Ezekiel and that river? Rapid growth coming from God, having life changing impact. Let's move down to a couple more here. Churches planted in 2010, it's a good number. 7033 that's something for us to cause celebration to be excited that in these places where there is no mention or knowledge of Jesus suddenly in 2010 we had 7033 in 2020 139,671 there are 140 Thousand or so churches that exist now today this morning who worshipped who didn't know about Jesus only 10 years ago do you get that reported new believers in 2010 104,987 praise God to see that happen in places where Jesus has never been known. In 2010, by that time, they got to that number. By 2020, it went from 104,000 to 3,237,000. 30 times greater is God's kingdom going forward. Is the gospel changing lives? Is healing taking place? Is our world being changed by God's kingdom every single day in powerful ways? More powerful than even the powerful worldly currents of our world that have blown us back and forth and drawn us through 2020. Focus on God's river. Focus on what's happening in God's kingdom. It's easy to get all you need to know about what's happening in America. It's a little harder to get to know what's happening on this side of the planet. But finding out what's happening in God's kingdom is like coming across pearl of great price. And that's what we have today. We have powerful powerful evidence of God's kingdom moving forward. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. So what do we do about all this? What do we do about all this? In John chapter 7, And I'll be reading verses 37 and 38. Jesus went to the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem. Before the feast started, his brothers, who didn't believe in him, oh, you should go, 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 go to the feast. everybody see you? Yeah, yeah. They didn't believe. When Jesus was there in Jerusalem for the feast, the whole feast, there were people there, Pharisees, Teachers of the law, others who desperately wanted to see Jesus arrested. They actually had guards sent. On the day of that last day of the feast, it's fascinating to me. 47, Ezekiel 47 was read that day, the last great day by the priest. Read it. Everyone heard it. It was in their ears. It was in their hearts. It was in their minds. And there's an audience who's heard Ezekiel 47. And this is what Jesus says. John said, On the last day, that great day, of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. There were rivers of living water this week, this year. Put your hands up if you've been praying more this year than you've ever prayed before. Put your hands up if you've read your Bible more than you did last year. If you've shared your faith with people more powerfully than you have before. It's happened. The student ministry, incredible breakthrough. Such generosity. We've never seen that happen before in this church before. On that level. All those clothes for all the people needing them. Churches are closing everywhere. We still open and offer live in person services twice every Sunday. And today we have a live stream. A year ago, nobody knew the possibility of us, it wasn't even a dream that we'd have a live stream. But that horrible coronavirus brought us to a point where we recognized we had to go online. And we now have live stream. Last week, we set a record for the number of concurrent screens viewing. This week, we are going to blow that record away. There is a huge congregation that you don't see. That congregation is watching now, hearing now. Don't tell John and Lily Craft that 2020 wasn't a good year to get married. They're married and they're so happy married. Don't tell Evan that losing his job in 2020 was going to make his life fall apart. Instead, this church found itself in a position that we were able to hire Evan, and now we have a young adult ministry where 12, 13, 14, 15 young adults meet together. We never had that before. We do now. Evan has poured so much of his life in these last few months into our worship team. And we're so grateful. So many amazing things have happened. How can we all be part of that living water, having that stream of water pouring out of us? All it takes is a decision, a decision to let the Holy Spirit move you along. I'm going to use the river illustration we've been talking about. Ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, over your head. And I'm going to challenge everybody, myself included, to decide, am I only ankle deep? Do I need to go further with Jesus? That I'm not just stepping back out of the bank and spending time so much in the other river? Can I actually go deeper in in Jesus river. Maybe even up to my knees. Maybe I've already been up to my knees and I need to go deeper. I need to go up to my waist or I need to be carried away by the gospel river. Today I want to give everybody both here and at home an opportunity to demonstrate that. To demonstrate that in a powerful way. By the end of this time, all of us will be standing because we're all going to be able to stand to the last statement. But let's start with the first one. If you at home or you here know that you've only been ankle deep, you've only been involved a little bit with Jesus, and you step out into the world too often. And you know what you need to do is to take some more steps in so you can really feel the the currents of the stream on your legs. With every, every eye closed, here and at home, I pray that you will now stand up and say, I need to move from ankle deep to deeper in that river. Stand now. Stand now. Stand up and declare to God, I need to move in deeper. Lord, thank you for those who are standing, Lord, on on the line. We pray now for those who have been ankle deep, have been knee deep. You've been knee deep. You've been reading the word. You've been praying. You've been learning some about sharing your faith but you really haven't figured out how do I actually actively serve and I need to move from not just Bible and prayer, I need to actually have a ministry that I'm serving really in all the time and you need to go f- from knee deep to waist deep where you know with every step you take the river is moving you along Lord I pray that both here and online You will give the courage and strength for people to rise from their seat and stand erect and say, I need to go waist deep this year with Jesus. I need to go deeper. Lord, thank you for those who are making that commitment. And Lord, I pray for those who have gone from ankle-deep to knee-deep to waist-deep over the years. And they've been moving along by the river and it's been incredible. They see life on each bank. They see the changes that are happening all around them. But they know what they need to do next is to really surrender and fully put their life in that flood, that gospel flood and they need to go over their heads where they can't walk, but they need to have you bring them across in the power of that river. Lord, for the people here who are getting ready to stand and those at home, give them strength to stand and to declare, ye with all these eyes closed, but yours are not, Lord. You see them standing to say, I need to be swept away by God's river. And now all of us, both here in this hall and all of us at home, we will all now stand because we all know we need to go deeper with Jesus. So all of us standing both here and at home, all of us on our feet, all of us declaring that we love Jesus, we want more, we need more of Jesus. Lord, we pray for those people who took the courageous step to move from ankle deep, from knee deep to waist deep, from waist deep to over their heads. And Lord, I pray right now that you will encourage them, motivate them, give them this moment to tell somebody who's right there near them that in 2021 they are going to be focusing on a new river. They are going to go deeper and farther with Jesus. than they did. Give them that strength and courage, Lord, so they can be accountable to someone. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.